0: Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast.
2: Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music?
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast That's right.
5: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the Worldwide Association of Specialty Programs in Schools.
6: They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us.
1: He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment.
5: Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's
3: 902-101-G. With Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling.
6: Guess what? We're back this week. On a new and exciting episode of 9021 OMG. It's T, it's J, and it's S. Sisney's back. You yeah, think, God. <laughs> hey, sis.
3: This was a treat because I got to watch two episodes back to back because I watched the last week so, so I can catch up. And then plus Ooh. this week. Nice.
7: Lucky I was, duck. I was,
3: I was in a flow. I almost wanted to start the next one. I was like, I have to stop. <laughs> you were binging. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> How was Hawaii? Oh, it was so relaxing. We missed the kids, of course, but it was a much-needed parent-only vacation.
6: Right. We were discussing, like, is it a baby moon when it's your... Well, we would typically say second, but it's your third, but your second birth.
7: Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, it was our baby moon. Well, we're glad you're back. We're glad you're back, and I'm sure all the listeners are glad you're back because you were missed. Very missed.
6: I'm happy to be back. Because when you're not when you're not here, sis, I actually have to do my homework. <laughs>
7: yeah. <laughs> That's not
6: true. Do you? Do yeah. you? I have very detailed notes this week.
7: Oh, wow. Uh, I'm so excited, you guys. This is me for this podcast. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to relax. And I'm going to let Tori run the show. Not this not is good j- because, do it. I Tori,
6: you're like one kind the one of the one-liner star student. You do the hard work.
3: And this Sorry? is cool though because Tori you're kind of the star student in this episode. So it really matches go.
6: up. I was just living living up to my image. Life <laughs> yeah. imitating art. So <laughs> let's get into it.
7: Let's do it. She's ready to go you guys. Let's okay. talk about this week's episode, episode 10 of season 2, Necessity is a Mother, aired on September 26, 1991
6: synopsis dylan's long estranged mother iris comes for a visit from hawaii which soon lands him in trouble at a local billiards club meanwhile steve and donna decide to play the stock market oh yeah baby
7: directed by jefferson kibbe written by darren Starr, steve wasserman and jessica klein and starring us and starring us yes <laughs> this episode was a lot all about dylan and his mama Enter
6: the fabulous Stephanie Beecham,
7: Iris McKay,
6: who, guess what, you guys, we have on our show today. That's right. We'll get to that a little bit later, but we're interviewing her and we have some very fond memories and it'll be great to catch up.
7: So let's dive right into the beginning of the episode, shall we? Mm -hmm. We shall. Um, okay. Right out of the gate, Dylan looks just, uh amazing in the pool hall he is everything he needs to be that that is just him at his prime i feel like he looks beautiful he just ugh, right right away did you guys like it yeah
6: it made me think of that old movie cool hand luke <laughs> get it uh no he does look great do you remember if it, was he a good pool player
7: I mean, he, Dylan was. He, they certainly made it look like he was a good pool player. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was it real. Him, it looked real. It did.
6: They made him look like a good mm-hmm. surfer, too, which he was not.
7: <laughs> he was not. But I'll tell you what he's not good at. He's not good at driving. Um, He's driving that... There's a scene where he's driving Brenda home from wherever, and he rips into the driveway <laughs> like... A bad out of hell that's isn't that the expression a bad out of hell, yeah, and he is uh he's not a very good driver. he like drives over the curb and slams on the brakes. Maybe he was mad, maybe he was already drunk. I don't know, something's going on,
6: yeah, maybe that that's just how you, you got if you have a car like that, you just gotta drive it like that. maybe that's the thing that's how bad boys drive like, cars like that, antique mm-hmm. cars like that. Mm-hmm. and Brenda's tie is back. I was very happy. I've gotten to fashion. I don't yet. care
3: for that look. I mean, I, I know you guys like it. I mean, I'm not my favorite.
7: I well, yeah. Brenda's tie is back. It was a different tie look. Like this would be her second tie. Yeah, ensemble. Yeah, that's, that's why it's back. Mm-hmm. Wonder how many different ties we're gonna see.
3: How popular was that look in the nineties? Like,
6: is that were women wearing that to work? That, that was like the style. I found a picture of myself uh, on a talk show where I was in a white tied shirt, button down shirt, a tie and suspenders and pants. Uh So I was taking one out of Shan's book, maybe. What color was your tie? Red or something. I matched my lip to it. You know, Mm, mm -hmm. it's very Paul Abdul, right? Didn't she wear that look a lot? I'm going on record. I'm not a fan of that. And I know okay. this one loves Annie Hall. And now she wants to go to that look at some point in her life. And she's not doing it.
7: I don't want to be Annie Hall. I want to be uh, just Diane blanked. Keaton. <laughs> Diane Keaton. Yeah, Diane Keaton. I want to be Diane Keaton. Oh, I love yeah. that. Look. It's, See you pulling it's, all, Diane it's like a smart lady look. Mm-hmm. It's a don't mess with me look. I like it.
6: Well, we were pulling into the driveway with Brenda. So... His mom is there. He—it's unexpected. She's there from Hawaii, um, which we'll get to this later. But Stephanie Beacham tells us uh, they made her from Hawaii because she had the worst American accent ever.
7: Mm. Yes, you can—you can tell. I was like, "What is the accent? Is that American or is that British?" But it, I felt like it was British, kind of trying to be American, but it didn't really cover so well so they made her from Hawaii which makes absolutely no sense it was Madonna it was
6: very very
7: on trend at that point (laughs) I enjoyed it she was beautiful I loved her hippie look her whole like easygoing vibes and such a departure for her as an actress because coming from you know other shows that she had done dynasty and everything she's always so glammed up and like made up this was just really natural and pretty Stephanie
6: Did you like that tie-dye, like that silk? I feel like we would wear that nowadays. Like it wasn't 90s, but it was like in, it would be in now. Like that tie-dye kind of tied up shirt with the matching skirt. I loved it.
7: Yeah. She looked comfy.
6: Let's bring that back. Did you like her little braids? (laughs) I did. Two little braids. (laughs) To really set the mood that she's out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was like a note. I bet that note came from my dad, who was very invested in hair and makeup, oddly enough. Oh, really? um, And wardrobe. But it was very like, I want their hair this way. And he always had to see Polaroids were in back then. um, And he would always bring them home in his briefcase. But I bet that was a note. Like, let's do something Mm hippie-esque.
7: So Iris was also really uh, into astrology, which I know you love.
6: I loved that. Um, yeah, I like I like her whole vibe. I feel like she's uh, she's super super cool.
7: She comments that Dylan is a Libra and that Brenda is a Scorpio, which isn't a great match. Mm. But Luke actually was a Libra. IRL. So- so that's in
6: October 11th. So they, that's interesting that they wrote that in, that Dylan was a Libra as well. But Shannon's actually an Aries, like you, my best friend. Mm-hmm. Although you guys are very different. um, In good ways. Uh, and that's interesting. They made her a Scorpio, which would be November.
7: What is Kelly? Oof. When's Kelly's birthday? Wow. That would be a question for... I don't know. Darren texted him. Big fan. We are a super
6: duper fan for
7: that. (laughs) (laughs) Not just a super fan. (laughs)
6: Because I do believe in astrology and um, Mm -hmm. Scorpios can be challenging. And, um, And Libras are kind of usually peacemakers. They usually don't have tempers like Dylan McKay. But I don't think they go together. But I'd be curious to know what Kelly is because I wonder if
7: that's a better match. No spoilers. You're a Sag, Donna was a Sag or or Capricorn?
6: Christmas, Christmas Day would be Cap, Capricorns or Sag, I don't know. December
7: 25th. I want to say Sagittarius. Does that feel undonna?
6: It worked for the storyline, one episode, I guess.
7: Iris does make a comment though about, um, Brenda having really negative aura. Did you guys hear that?
6: I did. And I feel like uh, maybe I Hate Brenda fan club was born right then and there. (laughs) People are like, well, I
7: mean, uh, you you can't argue with it because she's so over the top with Dylan and Iris in this episode. Like she's on him all the time and pretty rude to his mom. I mean, I, I was like, why is she being so rude to his mom? And I guess it was just based on, you know, Dylan sharing his experiences with her and talking to her about it privately, but like mm-hmm. she didn't have any level of respect for her for his mom, which I thought was a little weird.
6: That's a little um dare I say it, um, unfemale. I feel like instinctually, um we are there for women and we, you know, women support women. So even if, you know. The boy in our lives is saying, like the mother, like you always are, like, hmm. Let me see what's really getting on, getting. Let me see what's really going on, woman to woman. So I was surprised as well that she kind of came in very aggressive. Yeah, defensive. Right. It is your boyfriend's mom. I would want to impress her a little, even if they're estranged. I don't know. That's just me.
7: Yeah, definitely. So we got some I mean, info when,
6: on
3: Kelly's birthday. When? It's inconsistent. Oh, shoot. I think it kind of goes with the theme of the show. Okay, talk to us. In season three, Kelly's 18th birthday was celebrated in March. And then in season six, Kelly's 21st birthday was celebrated in September.
6: Wait, air date? But the air date doesn't... They say it's March or they say it's September because air date doesn't matter. Hmm. It may
3: have been the episode date, like whatever was happening in the episode.
1: What
6: season was it? What were we wearing? Was it like?
7: (laughs) (laughs) Is that how we tell the seasons?
6: (laughs) Okay, wait. Okay, let's just go through this for a second. So if it's March, I'm going to go with March, like end of March, because then you could be an Aries, which you really are. And Dylan was a Libra, which Luke really was. And that kind of makes the love story even better for me. I like that Mm because real playing real. I like it. I like it. Let's go with that. You know what? If that's what you want, that's what we're going to be. Okay, Kelly's birthday's in March. Boom. Oh, oh. Time stamped right here and here.
7: <laughs> right here and here. Did you guys feel that it was foreshadowing at all that Donna would be in business with Steve and now Tori is in business with Ian? Love
6: that. You, my friend, I didn't get that at all. Okay, it's so funny what you take away from things. So. Okay, so jumping to the Donna-Steve storyline, which I was really grateful for. It was like a good story, juicy storyline for me. Um, finding My Voice, which you know is a big thing. Like over
7: mm-hmm.
6: Overarching theme in Tori's real life, as Jenny would know. <laughs> his, third person. I know. And that's so not me. Um the character of Tori is, no, but it's like finding my voice has been a big thing and my best friend always helps me find my voice and we've been working on it and I'm getting there.
7: You're getting there, girl. But Donna was getting there, too. She, I I felt like Kelly was a really bad friend to Donna in this episode. I felt bad the way she was treating Donna I mean she kept saying she was stupid and uh, she didn't say you're stupid she said don't be stupid don't be Mm -hmm. stupid Mm -hmm. and also I didn't really understand why Kelly would care that much about Donna spending money because to Kelly you know money is just an evergreen thing you know so I didn't under I didn't really get why Kelly was supposed to be the voice of reason for her
3: Maybe it went with the theme of the episode of, like, mothering. Like, it was almost like Kelly was very mothering over. You guys
6: are both so smart today. Yeah. This is, like, very. <laughs> we are. We're really crushing it today. Nuances, but I'm I'm <laughs> loving it. Um, so I was going to say another thing about my life. Like, I've always feared that people would think I was stupid. Um, just, I don't know why. So that, like, the feeling of Donna thinking people will assume she's stupid is very on point for me my whole life thinking people will assume i'm stupid
7: um well why do you think people would think that
6: i have no idea i'm not sure because you're a female Um, I think it came originally because who my dad was and he was the producer and people would make assumptions and perceptions and they would say things like, oh, she just has the parks of her dad and she can't act and she can't, can't, can't. I heard can't so many times that I guess that went into my brain as uh, I can't be smart. I can't think for myself. I can't have a voice. I can't anything because I'm just told no so much publicly. Hmm. And also I. That's not true. I was going to say I wasn't that good in school, but
7: I wasn't bad in school. You're super smart. You're smart. Everybody has smart uh, intelligence in different areas. I think Mm -hmm. I always tell my kids, uh, I'm not book smart. I'm street smart.
6: (laughs) Okay. So if you were going to have to talk to me as your kid in a mothering way, I'm not book smart and I'm not street smart. So what type of smart am (laughs) I?
7: <laughs> oh, let's. We're gonna have to come up with a different category. Clearly, <laughs> right? Um, hmm. You're business smart. Oh,
6: oh, not money no, smart. I didn't say
7: money. I didn't say don't go to them. I didn't say money. But I think you're business smart. Thank you. I think you're business smart too. <laughs>
6: um. So, but it's funny. Donna was good at the stock market, which is money, which. Maybe that should have... Fore- <laughs> I, it
7: made me laugh. That wasn't was a foreshadowing because... exactly. <laughs> it didn't rub off at all.
6: The interesting thing is if they were going to write that in there, maybe my dad would have been like, hmm, maybe I should teach her about money and teach her about investments and teach her about all the stock market. He and my mom stock played. Stock market, yeah. But nope, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. So I played it on TV, didn't know in real life, still don't. It's so funny because
7: I... I don't think about money. I don't, I'm not a money minded person and I don't do math, like just ever. Like uh, I don't, when you say numbers to me, even if it's a phone number, my brain just goes, (laughs) like I can't handle any kind of numbers. So I didn't teach my kids about math or, uh, you know, money, finances, anything. And I feel terrible about that. And I always said to their dad, like, you have to, pick a pick up because i can't mm-hmm. do this i don't know i don't know anything about it so i just the other day my 24 year old came and, and she was asking like real life questions about um money and a job and getting a raise and um uh, w9 ten one ten. 110 i see i don't know about stuff like this w9 forms maybe W2? Is that a thing? I, I
6: just think it's not the yeah. one you clean with. It's not the W ten ninety nine.
7: Yeah. Ten ninety nine. Okay. She was mm-hmm. asking about all that stuff. Clearly I shouldn't ask you guys either. Um, but I was like, I don't really know. So thank goodness my husband Dave knows about it. <laughs> and um, but she said, Yeah, you and dad were no help when I needed advice about that <laughs> kind of stuff. Because I was always like, I don't know, call Andy, who's like in the business management firm. Because I, I don't, that's not good advice to give your kids. Like you should sit down and try to teach them about, I guess, money management. They should and teach all this in and, school. There should be a yeah, course in college. Like, yeah, that's we can't do it. Methods. School needs to teach it. I don't think we should, we need to learn about trigometry or whatever. Brendan no. is talking about in this. I even, I don't even know what trigometry is, but uh, they shouldn't teach about that. They should teach about real life applications of like mm-hmm. finances and so money smart. Management and
6: mm-hmm. as basic as how to write a check and like like it's things all the way <laughs> that's c- clearly they don't something do that like, anymore nobody writes checks anymore <laughs> i write a check every week what do you guys what are you guys talking about i write a check every week what are you talking about
7: you get a checkbook out and write a check You're that person
6: there's still there's still some of you out there we do you wait how do you do it if you don't write it you venmo? guys
7: venmo or um
6: electronic payments some people don't have that no i know what you mean there's still some so my housekeeper who's literally jen knows her well like mm-hmm. worked for my mom since i was 13 started with me at 18 she's my grandma i call her mama yeah um she doesn't know about electric transfers. she doesn't know this stuff just like i don't she right. doesn't have venmo so i write her a check
7: i mean i use checks still too but i don't write them out anymore they come off of a computer oh, but i i funny. still have a check book but it's yeah. all out of checks <laughs> like there's no checks in it you guys i
6: got fancy with investing i was on my venmo the other day and it told me i could do bitcoin or crypto what
7: mm-hmm. I don't, all that jazz I don't know is a good idea
6: oh clearly not but it had the arrows going up and down like a stock market and i saw the <laughs> up arrow so i said you know what i'm gonna roll the dice and take a chance oh, i invested a no. hundred dollars of my venmo in bitcoin yes it's in down Bitcoin Bitcoin to seven in- Bitcoin. It's down okay. to $74.23. Am I gonna be okay? Oh, Should man. I sell?
4: <laughs> I don't Never know. Donna got out. Donna. Donna
6: sold. Should I sell? Write it out. Sell. I say sell, sell, sell. I have no idea what that's. But that if is. I sell it, I only get $74.23. No. no. No, you will, but I'm just right. saying don't sell it. So when at you're that down. point, hold on. Okay. You hold on to it. It'll come back up. It'll come back up. And the minute it comes back up. JG, the minute it comes back up, I'm selling it just like Donna did. I'm going to take a lesson from my character on the show. See? Good for you. You I'm going to learn something from this rewatch.
7: I think that all of our listeners have learned something from this episode too, and it's how uh, money illiterate we all three seem to be. It's so sad because my dad is an accountant, and
3: my um, my husband works in finance. He's the director of finance. Like, oh. I couldn't be more surrounded about like, oh. with money, and I'm just like, well, thank God, yeah, that's great that
6: you have people around
7: you that are, yeah,
6: you're going to be okay. Wait, there's there's a saying. What what was the saying that your ex? said to you about you in regards to money because it applies to me too and i always think about it except now which i forgot
7: wait, wait when he said someday you're gonna thank me for this oh no
6: that <laughs> no. no 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 not <laughs> that one
7: <laughs> <Whoa>. uh <laughs> oh I, there's only two quotes i can remember that one and um you're, pun- you're penny smart and dollar foolish, or is it the other way around?
6: So you know how to save money? L- like but we you- like bargains, like we'll go to Target or go to somewhere, but we'll end up spending so much money there that you could have spent it into something else. It was in regards to this conversation. And you said,
7: mm-hmm. right? Is that it? Yeah. You're penny smart, dollar foolish. I think so. That's me too. We have to stop talking about money now. I'm getting anxiety. Yeah, we should oh, take sorry. a break. Ooh, I like breaks. <laughs>
6: Okay, so when we come back, we're going to interview Stephanie Beecham, who played Iris McKay. Um, of course, you know her from, well, she worked with Jason on Sister Kate, and she was on Dynasty, the Colbys. And we're super excited to see
1: her again.
7: Hey, everyone. So as you can imagine, we know a thing or two about makeup. We've pretty much tried it all. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an
6: exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash 90210.
7: That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash 90210 for 10% off your first order. Is there ever really a way to thank your mom for everything she does? my mom is my best friend my rock i have learned so much from her through the years her wisdom has helped shape me and i love celebrating her especially on mother's day
6: this mother's day give mom her flowers and since she deserves the best send her the best there is when it comes to flowers send her farm fresh flowers from books that's short for bouquets
7: i love that books is different Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, you guys. Books
6: has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online, pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to
7: thank your mom. Order your Books now.
6: And with 25% off, you can send some to your mom, wife, aunt,
7: and even grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code 90210 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code 90210, books.com, promo code 90210. Okay, we are very, very honored and excited to be talking to Stephanie Beacham right now, Yay. who, as you know, played Iris McKay, Dylan's cuckoo mama, <laughs> free-spirited.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
8: so excited to see you again. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. I, I mean, it's been far too long.
6: I know. But of course,
8: Tori, what I really think of is you when you're 12 in True Beverly Hills. I know. Isn't that
6: crazy that we got to semi-work together two times, even though we never were really, like, in major scenes in either, in True Beverly Hills or 90210?
8: go. I observed you behaving so beautifully when you were over hot in Santa Monica park or something like that. And, and you were so hot and you were asking for no privileges and you were just one of the team. And I thought that girl is fabulous.
6: Oh, thank you. You've always been so amazing that day, that couple of days, it was like over a hundred degrees. People were yes. passing out like crazy. It was, it was hard.
8: I thought you were very, very cool. And oh, I love thank you. For you. That
6: well, besides that, my dad loved you so much. Obviously, he worked with you time and time again, because he thought you were so amazing and so kind. So, so
8: special. I mean, he, he basically changed my life. You know, Aww. He really did. I mean, I was a divorcee with, I mean, I was successful, but He just changed my life. He turned it into Technicolor.
7: Hmm. (laughs) So your first job uh, on television was with Aaron Spelling? Because I know you trained at RADA and you did a lot of...
8: Me? Me? My first job was... I think that television was in black and white when I made my (laughs) first. (laughs) <laughs> I played Mary, Queen of Scots, uh, 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 you know, and I did historical drama and stuff like that.
6: Can we talk about Dynasty I, I, and the Colbys before 90210? I just, I have to.
8: Yes, yes. Okay. This is this is what was really fun. Then I did Sister Kate, which was when I played a nun. Yes. Which, is, which I just thought was a good contrast to um, mm. Stable Colby. And Jason was my eldest orphan in this orphanage that I ran. And when Luke needed a mum on 90210, uh, it was Jason that said, you need Beecham, your lover. And it was Jason who went to your daddy, Tory and said, how about Beecham for Luke's mum? And that's how it happened.
6: I did not know that. I just assumed because my dad loved working with you that he wanted to incorporate you.
8: That's why, that's why it happened, because he didn't just say no. He said, oh, well, weird. And then, of course, I turned up with one of the worst American accents ever. And so they decided that I had to have come from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Wait, they wanted you to come from Hawaii so you ha- could use your real accent?
8: No, they they said (laughs) I'm confused Hawaiian. That's why I had a rather strange American accent. For some reason they just thought it would work. Well, there we go. I've never heard of Hawaiian with a funny strange accent.
7: Well it is funny. Everything (laughs) comes
6: full circle because this isn't the reason Jason got the part, but I was such a huge fan of Sister Kate. I was obsessed with that show that when my dad was casting Beverly Hills 90210 I said you have to look at this guy Jason Priestley he's on my favorite sitcom Sister Kate
8: oh and of course he
6: watched it and my dad was like oh and there's Stephanie oh my gosh like it was just yeah so it all works together we were all meant to be together
8: oh I tell you I miss the old days don't you I miss your daddy
6: It, it, they'll never be. Yeah. It was a definitely a different way of making television that I don't think will ever happen again.
8: I was talking to somebody was asking me, I mean, they do on a daily basis, but somebody was asking me on the set today about it. And I said, it was extraordinary because it was like being under contract to old Hollywood. Mm being under contract, how you could borrow the clothes, you weren't to wear jeans, those sort of things, mm-hmm. you know? Mm. It was it was a very, very wonderful, wonderful uh, time. Um, and it had its definite rules and they were easy to follow.
6: So did they bring you on to Dynasty already knowing the intention of doing the spinoff or was that first? Yes. In- okay. Yes.
8: I got cast as Sable Colby, married to... Charlton Heston, sister-in-law, Barbara Stanley, sister, you know, in all most amazing cast. And we went to a party, um, uh, John Forsyth and Linda Evans, you know, with, with, with uh, Crystal's place. and uh, that's how we span off. That's how we started the cult.
6: Oh, my gosh. Amazing. And can you talk a little bit about the wardrobe?
8: (laughs) Because everyone talks about the wardrobe from Dynasty and the Colbys. Just to mention uh, the wardrobe and you think of Nolan Miller at six o'clock in the morning or earlier, if need be, on his hands and knees, pinning a hem. He was so hands-on, that wonderful man. He really was. And, uh, and he uh, gave me the great privilege of making a figure for me in the workroom because he said, you don't change shape like Elizabeth Taylor. You know, you, you stay the same shape so I can make you a figure. And therefore, we only had to have the original conversation about what it should be what it what it was needed for the scene and then the fitting I mean that in itself was as glamorous as could ever be I tell you the only thing that was a downside of it was having new shoes every day (laughs) because they hurt those five inch new heels sort of and because when I met Linda Evans for the first time I thought, what on earth are you doing wearing those fluffy slippers? Well, I was in fluffy slippers in between takes very soon. I promise you
7: (laughs) Yes, we love the fluffy slippers between takes.
6: You had your own Judy. You had a figure, your own that's amazing so when I used to go because he was to me he was Uncle Nolan and I was fascinated with going to his shop and he would let me come to the shop when I was little and he would take me through all of the amazing iconic actresses and I would see their figures their judies and their names on it and I would just be obsessed and be like this is what I want to do when I grow up and just look at these beautiful figures and be like I want to be an actress and wear all these glamorous clothes um, but you guys definitely created fashion for a decade
8: totally totally and I can remember one um, Halloween when the the guys in West Hollywood if they weren't Linda Evans and they weren't Joan Collins they were Sable Colby Um, because we were the most wonderfully done up people on the planet weren't we I mean, it, we, we, we the values that were put into that show were extraordinary. I mean, the 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 materialistic values and the sets for heaven's sake. I mean, it, true glamour, true glamour.
6: The sets were amazing. They were they were like my house growing up, but they were but a real set. Like the details, the ashtrays were real, and just everything of such opulence. It was an amazing. Sorry to spend so much time on this, but I know people are fascinated by Dynasty and we're so excited to talk to you.
8: Barbara Stamick said to me, don't ever eat the caviar. And I said, why not? It looks great. She said, no, it'll get into your teeth and you'll smile with black dots. Um, (laughs) But it was real. It was near enough real caviar. I mean, it was extraordinary, wasn't it?
6: Oh, my gosh. Real caviar. And I feel like on Dynasty, like nowadays, wigs are back in. And everyone's wearing a wig instead of doing their hair over and over. Again, I remember visiting the sets. And Linda and Joan had wigs. I would visit their makeup room. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh. That was new to me. I didn't understand. And um, did you wear a wig? It was all my
8: own hair. Wow. Where would it go on? Where would it go on? Um, uh, that was all my own hair, and I, uh, Barbara Ronsi was the hairdresser. And she, I said, "What am I going to look like today, Barbara?" And she said, "I don't know. I haven't felt it yet." <laughs> uh, but she could just create amazements. No, it was it was it was pretty darn special. Um, but come on, girls, what about nine zero two one?
6: Let's talk about nine zero two one zero. Iris McKay. Yes. yes, what a very different character. Okay.
8: Forget about that. I just I remember laughing so hard when I came into the makeup room one morning, and there you all were fast asleep in the makeup tray and uh, the makeup chairs, oh,
7: <laughs> passed out while they were doing our makeup. Of course,
8: <laughs> we were growing teens. We we needed our sleep. You were you were fabulous creatures. You were, you were, you were a terrific bunch of a, an amazing energy. Thank you. Thank oh my you.
7: gosh. Well, it's because of guest stars like you that our show was so successful, and um, you know, it was such a memorable no, character it wasn't. It
8: was because we were just—it it was riveting, wasn't it? It was a brilliant idea. It was terribly clever, and it worked incredibly well. It really did. It was a lovely show.
7: Yes, Iris brought so much, uh, so many um, complications. I think to Dylan's uh, character and made his character so much um, juicier, deeper, more well, meaningful. More,
8: yeah. Well, you're you're very sweet, but I think that amazing actor Luke could do anything that he wanted. He was a he is a. I mean, that's a great actor.
7: What, what uh, is your favorite memory of working with Luke?
8: With Luke? Oh, actually, my favorite memory is um, Luke and Jason singing Tom Jones songs in the, uh, in the makeup room. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me a whole Tom Jones concert in the makeup room. That brings it all back. I remember that. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Just the sweetness. Uh, it, it, because op, the off time is just as important in a day's work, isn't it, as, as the work on screen, because that's what gives the atmosphere. And when you've got people who are really lovely to work with, um, and lovely to be around, well, that just makes for bliss, doesn't
7: it? Yeah, the connection show on screen, the energy between the people. Yeah. Mm-hmm, definitely. And you guys
8: definitely now, have that. Yes, we did, actually. I, I uh, well, Both my boys, my boys, um, uh, love dearly.
7: Um, you studied early on to be a mime. <laughs> Do you, is that something...
8: That you used in I, your... the mind thing was pretty magic. It was in Paris, and I was no pair at the same time and doing this mind thing. And it was terribly serious, mime and did these fearsome exercises. I mean, I can dislocate all the parts of my body because of these exercises. Well, not dislocate, but
7: isolate.
8: Yes, that's it. No shoulder movement.
7: Wow. <laughs> Maybe we have a
6: future. Maybe we could be mine, Stephanie. We got to get you on TikTok.
8: <laughs> yes, that would be. I'd do a good TikTok. You I would, said. Stephanie. Before we go, what
7: you said you're working today um, on a project? Can you share with us what it is?
8: Okay, it's uh, um, uh, a really funny, uh, really exciting adventure film um, called Renegades but I'm a, a policewoman who is trying to solve things and I have a very small and fun little part. It's like, it's like 15 people have got fabulous parts. You know what I mean? It's one of those.
6: It's so interesting. Sorry, before we go, we always ask our guests, would you be team Brandon or team Dylan? And that's a hard
7: one for you to answer because
8: well, you were so close yeah. to both of them. I'm sorry. Blood comes first. It's, it's team dinner <laughs> okay
7: thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us yes. today Stephanie
8: oh you're so sweet it's such a pleasure to see you too. thank
7: you Stephanie <laughs> thank you
8: thank you thank you thank you we love you
7: is there ever really a way to thank your mom for everything she does my mom is my best friend my rock I have learned so much from her through the years. Her wisdom has helped shape me and I love celebrating her, especially on Mother's Day.
6: This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. And since she deserves the best, send her the best there is. When it comes to flowers, send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets.
7: I love that Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms. So they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, you guys. Books
6: has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. You go online,
7: pick the delivery date, and you're done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to your mom, wife, aunt, and
6: even grandma. Go
7: to books.com and use promo code 90210 for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code 90210, books.com, promo code 90210.
0: 3510300 and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeart radio or subscribe where you listen to your
2: podcast. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season 1, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob. At one point a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail.
5: Sham, scam, beware. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Okay, you guys, let's get into fashion, shall we? This episode had a couple of, Good fashion moments, didn't you think? It did.
6: I got to say, I w- was really into my floral dress that I wore in one of the stock market uh, classroom scenes because, remember, in BH90210, Darren Martin, our biggest fan, had that dress and he, mm-hmm. in a Ziploc bag. Remember, he keeps everything in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> very, it was very professional. Brought, it,
7: it was very weird. He brought you a baggie with a dress in it, and I was <laughs> like, weird this weird? <laughs> <laughs> no but that's the dress he brought you that's that's the dress that he brought to the set that day I remember he's also like an
6: uber collector you guys he has a whole room dedicated to 90210 and he has brilliant pieces from over the years so he does keep everything like uh labeled and and done so he brought it and I was super nervous because I was like I'm not gonna be able to fit into that but thank you Spanx for Spanx later I got into it right
7: Jen you did. I don't know how many pairs of spanks you had
6: on that day, but you got into it. You, you had to help me pee, I think, at some point in the trailer. Because when you got to pee, it's really hard to get spanks off. Wait, are you being serious? Do you really put that many on? Jen? Am I missing
7: something? Uh, she does.
3: No. What's the most? What's the most amount of spanks you've worn
7: for an outfit? Jen? I'm going to go on record with three.
6: Jennifer Eve. You Is that, that not right? I, you know, I hate odd numbers. Oh, okay. Four, four. She
7: went with four. Or round up. It was four. Four. <laughs> I don't know how you get the spanks on with your nails. Like It's uh, treacherous. <laughs> and you don't, do you like poke right through them with those things? Okay. So
6: here. Okay. So no, I can get them on and off. It takes a while. It's no easy feat but i don't know if you guys have tried skims by kim kardashian they're really really good but she doesn't make a pee hole in them and you got to have the pee hole because spanks are so tight that sometimes you can't get them off but it's nice when it has that little hole so then it's just a hole it's, it's just it's, a it, well it's yeah it's a so squat so you have to do like women. four of the same spanks that all have the holes so then you could essentially go to the but all of Spanx now make with holes in them for okay. easy pee. Um, and Skims do not. I love them. They're super good. But they don't have a pee hole. And I tried once to cut a pee hole into it. And the whole thing went kaput. No. Why that. are we talking about pee holes? This is. I don't. Is <laughs> a family show? When huh, huh, huh. Hey, oh, this, is, this is a it useful is, hack for women out it there. It is educational. Don't try to cut your own pee hole. You will ruin Your undergarments. Okay.
7: Anyway, (laughs) uh, back to fashion. I had a favorite fashion moment. Go, go. Um, One of mine was Andrea's floral shirt. And I loved it because my mom has a couch in that same floral pattern. (laughs) Still to this day.
1: (gasps) That is amazing.
7: That's amazing. (laughs) I loved that shirt. Sis, did you have a favorite fashion moment? Um, not necessarily a favorite, but I'm really needing Cindy to
3: step up her game a little bit with her outfits because yeah. the striped <laughs> collared shirt thing she was wearing in one of the scenes, I'm just like, she's so beautiful. Let's like dress
7: her better. And the jeans with the belt is not, yeah. yeah, it's not the, her best look. I know. No. Oh, I. she was so nice to Iris in this episode. So it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah, it was was cute that they
3: were hanging out and she was kind of like going with her vibe and, you know,
7: Mm -hmm.
3: trying new things.
7: Wait, I want to ask you guys, what is a mind gym? Have you ever been to a mind gym? Because in this episode, Iris takes Cindy to a mind gym in Beverly Hills. And I don't I've never been to such a thing. That's
6: so funny. I was about to say the same thing, but I I couldn't remember the name. I was going to call it a chill bar because I loved the <laughs> bar setup and it was so like the glowing lights and glass. Um, no, we should do that and drink garlic drinks.
7: It looked like a real boring place to go, I got to tell you.
6: <laughs> Is it because like a place you go and meditate and drink tea or... The evolution of that nowadays would be like an oxygen bar, right?
7: Or like a meditation. Um, you know, like the Den. They have that meditation center here in LA. Mm-hmm. Where you can go and meditate. Mm-hmm. Or be me into where that. you go float. Go. Have you gone to float? I have never floated in a in a in a tank.
5: What's that called? I a float uh, tank. It, yeah. Right.
6: I did. Yeah, I did, so I did many many it crazy once. Things. I think you would go as nuts as I went because I couldn't shut my brain off. I had the million and one checklist and I was
7: just like, oh, okay, so now I couldn't. It, and you're trapped in like a tank of water.
6: Yeah. I think I might've gotten seasick. But yeah. They always have those sometimes
7: jam. in like the middle of the mall.
3: <laughs> it seems weird to do yeah, it. Like Float in like tanks? Kia. Yeah. I've seen
6: that. Oh my God. I was going to say that's like getting a chair massage in the middle of the mall, but <laughs> yeah. I stopped myself.
8: <laughs>
7: Do you do that? I do that. I do. She's pointing at me. I I will get a massage wherever someone will give me a massage. I
3: love getting a massage at the mall. Like I'm down for that.
7: I know. I would get a massage in the grocery store if they would offer that.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm all for those little Thai like massage places where you just like can walk in, to welcome long as they have a sign up that says no happy endings and <laughs> uh, but in the mall i would think you of all people would be worried that you couldn't be private or like you know like someone yeah would see but
7: you. once you're once you're there oh, like in the saddle yeah. with your face in in the thing. Nobody knows who, who's there. Nobody sees what you're looking like. It's only when you get out and then you have like the paper stuck to your face or you have like an imprint of the round thing and you're you're going on down <laughs> to bed bath and beyond or whatever to get your shopping done. It's a little weird.
3: You know is it to like have all your shopping bags near your massage chair because you don't want to make nobody steal
2: it while you're getting I can't your, your can't massage hold
5: them.
6: You them with your feet a little bit. exactly. <laughs> Note to anyone in L.A. when you were in a mall, check out those chairs because you never know who might be face down in them. It might be Jenny Garth. <laughs> it's a great
7: deal. <laughs> it is. I want to go today. Let's go get one today.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like $15 okay, for 25
7: minutes in. <laughs> Well, I have a best line from the episode I was watching when I was watching it. It, didn't, it wasn't in the episode, but when my husband walked through the room and I was watching it, he goes, why is Brenda wearing a tie? <laughs>
6: <laughs> I love
7: that. Yeah, that's uh, my favorite line.
6: Uh, Brandon saying, you'll get used to it, pal. Pal, what? is it the word "pal" that bothers pal you? <laughs> yeah, it was so gross. Hey, pal! Like I don't know. I, I mean, have a friend kind of who uses ol- "pal" a lot. Really, Throws it's me like off. an it's an old school term. My dad mm-hmm. used to say "pal," but it was weird to see a teenage boy saying "pal" to his best friend. I don't know.
3: Mine was from Kelly Bren. You can love him, but you can't save him.
6: True that. She's so true.
7: Yeah, she was kind of tough love on the whole. Telling Brenda how to Hang out with What you know How to deal with Dylan
6: Oh I'm surprised You didn't love the scene Where she um Told Jim Walsh That He could mellow out Go somewhere Grow a beard Swim naked I'm sure you got all Hot and bothered With that scene <laughs>
7: Didn't you I did not get hot And bothered No <laughs> But I did Now that I'm thinking About Jim I did like his um His leisure suit At the dinner table <laughs> <laughs> i love a man in a leisure suit
6: we have to get james eckhouse on here we have to
3: is this infatuation um recent or did you feel this way when you were actually filming with him at the time as a teenager
7: no this is just as a fan watching the show back Got it. Now Got it. i know have, i have daddy issues <laughs> <laughs> hey sis do we have any questions from
3: listeners we sure do. Okay, so let's get to Erica's. She's asking, did your significant others ever get jealous or annoyed with your relationships with castmates, male or female?
7: Mm, that's a good question. Because you guys all had
3: a tight bond, you know, like even it if did. it wasn't, you know,
6: you guys didn't wear like a love connection on the show, but like, was like, there jealousy? How did your first husband feel about the wedding gift that Luke sent? We send, we send
3: <laughs> A huge smile What is it? I what? can't
7: believe you're bringing this up Okay, so I got married when I was 21 um, Wow And we had a beautiful wedding In Beverly Hills And Luke couldn't come to the wedding But he did send a gift And he sent a bread maker And the only reason he sent a bread maker Was because it was called Mr. Loaf I don't get
6: it. <laughs> he wasn't a fan of her first husband.
7: He oh. felt he felt that the title said it all. Got it. No card. No, no nothing, card. Nothing. Mister Loaf. <sighs> so how did he feel? He didn't know. Oh yes. He had no idea that he didn't make the connection. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't know it all. Only I knew. You might have gotten mad at the time, but secretly you were laughing. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think I got mad at the time either. No. I think I was just laughing because it's like a like your brother would, you know, like say something about your your boyfriend, your husband or whatever. But <laughs> I don't That's think it, ballsy. Oh, please. It, it, you want to hear another joke he said about? I don't even know if it was more my husband or <laughs> or boyfriend. I don't know what it was. Uh Oh, Yeah. So and so is having friends over. To, friends over tonight. Ten friends he hasn't seen in, in a while. His toes. <laughs> <laughs> that was about the same. Action. Yeah, I uh, guess that thought he meant. I don't know. He felt like my husband had a big tummy or something. <laughs>
1: yeah,
6: I think he so thought he mean. had a beer gut at the time because I think he. he oh, I think yeah. he yeah. was jelly.
7: Probably. Yeah, sounds it. Yeah, we were all really close. So uh, for me, it was always just a matter of managing that, especially with the male co-stars, because I always just had to say they're like brothers, you know? These are like my brothers, and you're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to get over if you have any issue with it, because we're really close and we have to be, and you don't need to be threatened by them.
3: Would they watch the episodes?
7: Um... Yeah, I don't remember ever sitting down and watching an episode with an ex that was like, you know, Kelly making out with somebody. I know now when Dave watches the episodes back with me and he sees Kelly being sassy or like sexy or kissing some guy, he he just makes a big joke out of it. Like he laughs at it. But he does. You can tell he gets all a little bit like stirred up inside. And he deals with it with humor.
6: (laughs) Yeah, that's like the clear sign. (laughs) Um. There's like a running theme of Luke not liking our exes because Luke hated (laughs) one of my exes, rightfully so. Everyone did. But anyway, at my parents' Christmas Eve party, Luke punched my ex-boyfriend. And that was really uncomfortable because I lived with him and he was like, it was a whole big deal. And then I had to go to set and it was really hard because Luke was really upset and we didn't talk for six months Outside of filming. That's crazy. To not talk to somebody outside of filming. Yeah. Did that happen more than once with any other castmates? I cast was mates? mad, but not mad. Like, I knew it was right because he was supporting. Me. Later, I saw that he was protecting me. But mm-hmm. at the time, when you're in the relationship and you're the one that's getting yelled at, at at home, like, why are your friends so mean to me? Like, you have to deal with that on both sides. So I was, like, really mad at Luke. Um, But yeah, he was right. He was always right.
7: Wow. He was just so protective of us.
6: Yeah, In hindsight, it's so nice. We had such great brothers, you know? Totally.
7: Yeah.
3: Okay. Mackenzie is asking, Tori has openly talked about how she and Jason had a summer romance. Was it taking place during the filming of these specific episodes?
2: And did it ever cause...
3: Problems that she just has her head in her She's lap. She's hiding. And did it ever cause problems on set, especially with Brian?
7: <gasps> Literally, if you guys could see right now, Tori's hiding from this you question. You can
3: hide from the question.
7: The microphone is right there. We can still hear you. <laughs> did you hear me gulp? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I, when did you openly talk about you oh, and Jason having God. a summer fling? Was it in a book?
6: No, No, it was on. uh, No, it was on a show called Celebrity Lie Detector. I couldn't lie.
7: (laughs) You could have lied and then they would have like guessed that it was true and then you would have won.
6: I know. I screwed up. I wasn't thinking clearly and I panicked and I said it and and then it was everywhere and whatever. Anyway. Okay,
7: so tell us what did you say? I'm I'm, I'm I, I don't that.
6: remember, Jen. <laughs> when was it? It was Brian didn't care because by then Brian Brian and I were a thing of the past. No, it was like after. Look at me. I'm like I don't remember. It was the summer between uh, season seven <laughs> and eight, and <laughs> season seven and eight. I don't know why that comes to mind. I don't know. That's deep. I'm not sure if it was then, but it was. Yeah deep
3: into the series. I had brown
6: hair I go by hair colors during the, the whole filming oh. of that now I go by when I had kids back in my 20s and teens I went by hair colors on the tv show and I was, like, had after dark college. hair so it was after college yes yes
7: why did I well either block this from my memory or never knew about this <laughs>
3: was it secretive at the time you guys sneaking around
6: I have was scared. You, you,
3: you can't tell not, you. Dory. People need to hear. I was
1: scared to tell you.
7: <laughs> oh, my God. I, you learn something new every day, people. This is juicy. Mm, mm,
3: well, mm. give us some more teeth. No. Ugh.
7: She doesn't want to talk about it. That's all you said on that show. We're not going to make you elaborate on it if you don't want to. But we would really like to hear the details.
6: It didn't cause any problems. And we've all remained really super close friends.
3: You. All right. You want to talk about any of that's, your secret romances, Jenny?
7: <laughs> um, I don't think the question was geared towards me. Mackenzie <laughs> specifically asked Tori sure a question, did. and I don't think I'm going to comment on that any further. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it for this episode, ladies. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody out there. Um, Text me afterwards,
6: you guys. I'll tell you all the details. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Love
7: you guys. Oh, next week. Have a great week. Yeah. Next episode. episode.
6: Season two,
3: episode 11, Leading from the Heart. Be there
7: or be square.
2: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie.
4: For generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's
2: right.
5: Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools.
6: They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us.